We're going to get started with our event today. Thank you so much for coming. Um, today's event is part of our One Book, One College program and part of the Celebrating Latino Americans program. Um, we are welcoming Dr. Randy P. Connor, who is the author of several books and numerous articles on the intersection of gender, sexuality, and ethnicity with mythology and religion. Um, he holds a master's in English and a doctorate in humanities and has lived all over the U.S., grew up in Texas, lived in the San Francisco area for a long time, and now joins us here in Marine Valley where he teaches humanities. Um, the talk he will be giving is entitled Transgressing Borders, Spiritual Mestizaje, Mestizaje, mm -hmm. thank you, in Mexican and Chicano arts. So welcome Dr. Randy, Randy Connors. I'd like to dedicate my talk today to my best friend of 30 years, a young woman named Gloria Anseldua. Uh, and I'd also like to dedicate it to my partner, uh, David Hatfield Sparks. Okay, so let me begin. Um, and I, I will hope that you will keep your questions for the end, uh, because otherwise I'm going to get lost. As my students know, the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, right? Okay, all right, so mestizaje is a Spanish term for mixed. On a deeper level, it reflects a historical process of ethnic or racial intermingling that commenced thousands of years ago. In the past, it was often linked to imperialism, colonialism, and the oppression and suppression of conquered peoples. Mestizaje has, however, often eventually led, despite its extremely negative beginnings, to life-affirming, rich hybridities, including of cuisine such as gumbo, jambalaya, and chicken mole, together with hybrid arts and hybrid spiritual traditions. Gloria Saldua's poem, To Live in the Borderlands Means You, gives expression to both the negative and the positive aspects of the present-day notions of ethnic or racial and cultural mestizaje. As a racially or ethnically mixed person possessing indigenous American, European, and African ancestries, she is, quote, caught in the crossfire between camps and, quote, does not know which side to turn to, run from. She and others like her may well, quote, be stopped by La Migra at border checkpoints. However, to live in the borderlands also means to, quote, put Chile in your borscht, to eat whole wheat tortillas, to speak Tex-Mex with a Brooklyn accent. On a deeper level, as a person of gendered and sexed borderlands, she links back to the two-spirited shamans of ancient indigenous cultures and forward towards the LGBTQ persons of today and tomorrow, seeing herself as, quote, a forerunner of a new race, half and half, neither man nor woman, both, a new gender. Mestizo, by the acclaimed gay Chicano poet and scholar Francisco Alarcón poetically expresses the intermingling of these various ancestries. There is an Arab within me, he writes, who prays three times each day. 
Behind my Roman nose, there is a Phoenician smiling. My eyes still see Sevilla, but my mouth is Olmec. My dark hands are Toltec. My cheekbones fierce Chichimec. My feet recognize no border. The poem culminates with Alarcon's description of himself as having a wanderer's heart. While this poem focuses on biological or genetic mixing or mestizaje, it bears within it an indirect suggestion of spiritual mestizaje. With the knowledge that Alarcon was raised Catholic, to this spiritual heritage we might add European paganism, as suggested by the Roman nose and Phoenician or Canaanite uh, smile, Islam and or Judaism, as suggested by there is an Arab within me, and indigenous American spirituality, as suggested by the naming of Olmec, Toltec, and Chichimec ancestries. The lines, my feet recognize no border, are extremely significant as they link his mixed ethnic and potential spiritual heritages to the notion that this historical mestizaje presently expresses itself either innocently or else willfully as a refusal to recognize colonial borders. The roots of spiritual mestizaje are multiple and range from antiquity to 21st century to the 21st century. First, there are the ancient religions with their gods, beliefs, practices of indigenous Americans, from the Mexica, the Maya, and the Huichol to the Hopi and Navajo of the Southwest. Beyond indigenous American influences, the construction of spiritual mestizaje commenced with the conquest of Spain by North African Muslims in 711 the migration of Jewish people to Spain after they had been exiled from England in 1290, the banishing of both Jews and Moors or Muslims from Spain in 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue, right, which resulted in many so-called hidden or crypto Jews and Muslims migrating to the Americas. The conquest of Mexico in 1519 by Hernán Cortés, who brought Catholicism to the Americas. The arrival of both African slaves and free Africans in the Americas in the 16th century, many of whom practiced traditional African religions, in particular those of Nigeria, Benin, and the Congo and the signing of the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo in 1848, which culminated with Euro-Americans or whites taking possession of almost half of Mexico's territory, the present-day American Southwest. These events resulted in many Latinos, including Mexicans and eventually Mexican-Americans, possessing spiritual ancestries of indigenous sacred traditions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, and traditional African religions, including worship of the Orishas, the deities of the Yoruba people of Nigeria. The primary concepts of spiritual mestizaje share much in common with the indigenous worldview, 
held by many traditional peoples of North, Central, and South America, and to a certain extent, ancient peoples of Europe and elsewhere, with the caveat that spiritual mestizaje should really be seen as a plural, dependent upon epoch and location. These include the following beliefs. One, all life is imbued with sacred force. Two, we are all radically interconnected. Another way of saying this is all my relations, which, as Chickasaw writer Linda Hogan reminds us in Dwellings, embraces not only humans but also animals, plants, the whole of nature. Three, the earth, la tierra, is a living, holy entity that must be revered. The land, especially the specific locations inhabited by our ancestors, informs our spiritual perspective. In the words of Luis Leon, a professor of religious studies at the University of Denver, spirituality is grounded in a mythical connection to place mediated by memory. Four, what we call spirit or soul is not separate from the body. It is embodied. Moreover, the flesh and the body, including in its gendered and sex expressions, is not the opposite of the soul, but rather a manifestation of the soul. The ancient Mexica referred to this concept as mitla makasqui, which may be translated as spirit in the flesh. Five, there are many, hundreds, if not thousands, of deities. Many of these gods and goddesses are associated with various forces of nature, professions, emotions, such as deities of love, and deities possessing magical and miraculous powers. Six, deities are called by way of praise hymns that name the attributes of the god or goddess, often ask a favor, and thank the deity for protecting them and ameliorating their lives. They are also called by way of divination and magic, as well as by offerings and sacrifices. They often communicate with us via dreams. Healing is viewed holistically, taking into account the ill person's physical, psychological, and spiritual aspects. And this is really important, something I didn't understand until very recently. Trauma, in particular, colonial trauma suffered by indigenous Americans and Latinos does not go away after a generation or two, but may endure for centuries, expressing itself as physical illness or psychological illness. Eight, women and gender diverse or transgendered people are perfectly suited to spiritual office having served as shamans and priests in ancient and indigenous societies for thousands of years. Nine, together with an acceptance of duality, such as male and female, day and night, and so on, one should appreciate liminality, fluidity, the challenging and occasional defiance of borders, perhaps even living one's life, as Gloriane Saldua puts it, in the borderlands. Practitioners and scholars, as well as artists of various kinds, deploying spiritual mestizaje 
recognize that among the Mexica, Mayas, and other indigenous Americans, hundreds, if not thousands, of deities were worshipped. With Christianization, many of these were shunned as embodiments of evil in the undertaking of demonization. Many other deities were, however, displaced or supplanted by Catholic saints and by manifestations of Jesus Christ and the Virgin Mary. The most well-known case of this sanctification of an indigenous deity is that of the transformation of the earth goddess Tonantzin into the Virgin of Guadalupe. Ana Castillo, author of perhaps the finest novel of spiritual mestizaje, So Far From God, in her uh, nonfiction text, Massacre of the Dreamers, writes, The Virgin of Guadalupe is an incarnation of the brown goddesses, Tonantzin and Quadlique. She is the, an ancient maternal symbol for us. The Mestiza resurrects her own pantheon of indigenous goddesses, primarily Guadalupe, Tonantzin, Quadlique, and Quailsauqui, the moon goddess. Scholars and practitioners and as well as artists who make use of spiritual mestizaje are coming to know, for example, that Chalchiadlique, the Mexica goddess of rain and lakes, metamorphosed into both La Virgen de la Candelaria and La Virgen or Nuestra Señora de San Juan de los Lagos. The plumed serpent, culture bringer Quetzalcoatl, was identified by certain Catholics with St. Thomas the Apostle. The war god Huitzilopochtli transformed into St. Michael the Archangel. Eventually, some of these deities also transformed into folk figures. The water goddess Chalchialique, for example, transitioned into the mermaid siren La Serena and into La Planchana, a dark-skinned siren. In regard to healing, the primordial practice of shamanistic healing appears to share much in common with the traditional healing system known as curanderismo that has been practiced by Mexicans, Mexican-Americans, and other Latinos for centuries. Indeed, curanderismo appears to have descended directly from an indigenous American form of shamanism. In certain Mexican tribes, such as the Huichols, Shamans and curanderas, traditional healers, are synonymous. Among other Mexicans and Latinos, curanderismo mixes indigenous, European, and African healing practices. Curanderas typically heal ill persons by making use of simple ingredients, such as water, herbs, and incense, in rituals called limpias. Okay, moving on to literature. Although many people assisted in the birthing of spiritual mestizaje, one should not fail to acknowledge the very significant role of Rudolfo Corky Gonzalez uh, played in this emergent spiritual tradition. In 1967, he published Yo Soy Joaquin, I Am Joaquin. 
In this poem, reminiscent of Walt Whitman's poetry, Corky christened a new Mexican-American Chicano identity by way of, among other things, invoking the deities of his ancestors alongside the Virgin of Guadalupe and the ancestral spirits of great leaders and warriors prior to the invasion of Mexico. I am Watemoc, proud and noble, Gonzalez announces, leader of men, king of an empire, civilized beyond the dreams of Cortez. I am the Maya prince. I am Nesuacolcoyotl, great leader of the Chichimecas. I am the eagle and the serpent of Aztec civilization. I am the Virgin of Guadalupe, Tonantzin, Aztec goddess, the altars of Montezuma. I rode with Pancho Villa, nourished and inspired by the passion and fire of all earthly people. I am Emiliano Zapata. This land, this earth is ours. Bless Me Ultima, written by the New Mexico-based novelist Rudolfo Anaya, tells the tale of Ultima, an elderly curandera who knows the herbs and remedies of the ancients, who comes to live with the Mares family in rural New Mexico. Ultima has an owl companion, her tonal, or newal, as the Mexica called such animal guardians, who is linked in the novel to the Virgin of Guadalupe. Then the owl sang, Anaya relates, to the million stars that dotted the dark blue sky, the Virgin's gown. Bless me, Ultima also speaks to the ancient belief in many gods. Antonio's friend Chico tells him of a golden carp, a freshwater fish, who is the manifestation of an ancient god. Chico tells Antonio, there are many gods, gods of beauty and magic, but the god of the church is a jealous god. He cannot live in peace with other gods. The novel brings together a number of the primary concepts of spiritual mestizaje, including that of sacredness and interrelatedness of all life, the land's influence on our spirituality, a belief in many deities, and the practice of curanderismo, as this excerpt demonstrates. The river came through those hills, and there were old Indian grounds there, holy burial grounds. Her eyes swept the surrounding hills, and through them I saw the wild beauty of our hills and the magic of the green river. I felt the song of the mockingbirds and the drone of the grasshoppers mingle with the pulse of the earth. The four directions of the Llano, the plain met in me, and the white sun shone on my soul. We walked together to gather herbs and roots for her medicines. She taught me the names of plants and flowers, of birds and animals. My soul grew under her careful guidance. Through her I learned that my spirit shared in the spirit of all things. She spoke to me of the medicines we shared with the Indians of the Rio del Norte, of the ancient medicines of other tribes, the Aztecas, the Mayas, and those of the Moors. Sandra Dahlberg, in her discussion of an epic poem, The Adventures of Juan Chicaspatas, writes, For Anaya, place and spirituality cannot be separated, nor can the Chicano present be divorced from the Indian past. Now is the time for the return of Huitzilopochtli 
and Quetzalcoatl, who, along with Cristo and the Kachinas, will restore harmony with the earth and balance to the lives of all of us. Gloria Ansaldúa, who was my best friend for 30 years and who passed from complications of diabetes in 2004, is best known for her anthology, This Bridge Called My Back, one of the first major feminist anthologies of women of color, and for Borderlands, La Frontera, the New Mestiza. In Borderlands, she treats most of the primary concepts of spiritual mestizaje, which she played a major role in constructing. Describing a walk in the woods, she writes, a red snake crossed my path. The direction of its movement, its pace, its colors, the mood of the trees and the wind and the snake, they all spoke to me, told me things. I, took, I look for omens everywhere, each catch glimpses of all the patterns and cycles of my life. I remember listening to the voices of the wind as a child and understanding its messages. Los espíritus at the back of the south wind. I remember their exhalation blowing through the slits of the door during, during those hot Texas afternoons. We're not supposed to remember such otherworldly events. We're supposed to ignore, forget, kill those fleeting images of the soul's presence. We've been taught that the spirit is outside our bodies or above our heads somewhere up in the sky with God. We're supposed to forget that every cell in our bodies, every bone and bird and worm, has spirit in it. In the late 1970s, not the 19th century, uh, Gloria moved from Texas to San Francisco and later to Santa Cruz, California. There she fell in love with the cypress trees, the steep rugged cliffs, and the sea. In one of the last essays she was working on when she died, Geography of Cells, she spoke of a vision she'd had of the Virgin of Guadalupe emerging from a Monterey cypress near her house by the sea. The bright browns and tans of the wood were the folds of her robe. Most days I put my arms around the tree. Sometimes I straddle and stretch out on La Virgen's gnarly, protruding roots, absorbing the tree's energy, joining in kinship with it. With my back against its trunk, I meditate, allow it to absorb my body into its being. My arms become its branches, my hair its leaves, its sap the blood that flows in my veins. In her children's book, Friends from the Other Side, Amigos del Otro Lado, and Prietita y la Llorona, she depicted the ghostly woman who killed her children, believing that if she did not do so, they would be killed by the Spanish. As a kindly spirit guide, and she portrayed the curandera as a protector of a young boy from the other side of the Rio Grande River, best friends with her heroine, Prietita, Gloria as a child. Deploying the imagery of Orisha worship, the Yoruba of Nigeria, Ansaldua writes in Borderlands, a chicken is being sacrificed at a crossroads, a simple mound of earth, a mud shrine for Eshu, Yoruba god of indeterminacy, who blesses her choice of path. She begins her journey. 
Ansaldua also invokes Yamaya, the goddess of motherhood and the sea, in order to make it clear to us what she thinks of right-wing fanaticism regarding illegal immigration, demonstrating an intersection of spirituality and politics. The sea cannot be fenced. El Mar does not stop at the borders. To show the white man what she thought of his arrogance, Yamaya blew the wire fence down. Maybe it'll be made of stone next time. Uh, born in 1954 and raised in Chicago, Sandra Cisneros received a BA from Loyola University and later a Master of Fine Arts from the University of Iowa. Author of the award-winning novel The House on Mongo Street, she has held numerous teaching positions, including teaching students at the Latino Youth High School in Chicago, who had left students who had left school before graduating. In Little Miracles Kept Promises, she weaves together prayers to the biblical God and Jesus, including his dark-skinned manifestation as Cristo Negro, as well as the Virgin of San Juan de los Lagos and the seven African powers, the Orishas, Obatala, Yamaya, Oshun, Oruna, Ogun, Elegua, and Shango. Also in Little Miracles, Cisneros includes a powerful prayer by Rosario, a woman from Austin, Texas, that might well be rooted in fact, in which Rosario, once alienated from the Virgin of Guadalupe, has found her way back to her by recognizing, as the Roman writer Apuleius did of the goddess Isis, that Guadalupe is synonymous with Tonantzin, Tosi, Xochiquetzal, Tlatzalteotl, Coadlique, Coelxauqui, Our Lady of Sorrows, the Buddha, the Tao, the true Messiah, the universe. Only then, says Rosario, I could love you, and finally learn to love me. Resonating with Ansaldúa and Cisneros, Laura Perez, author of Chicana Heart, she happens to be my best friend from UC Berkeley, uh, writes in Writing with Crooked Lines and Elsewhere of having been nourished by various spiritual traditions, religions, and philosophies, not only by Catholicism and traditions of indigenous Americans, including Mayan shamanism, but also by the African diasporic worship of the Orishas, Hinduism, Tibetan and Zen Buddhism, and Sufism. Alex Espinoza, born in Tijuana, Mexico, and raised in Los Angeles, is an associate professor of literature and creative writing at Cal State U in Fresno. In his water, in his novel, Stillwater Saints, he paints a portrait of Perla Portillo and her shop near LA, the Botanica Oshum, named after the Orisha of erotic love and the arts where customers come to purchase spiritual supplies. Such shops, uh, such shops, sorry, uh, called especially in Mexican and Chicano communities yerbadillas, typically carry candles, herbs, incense, oils, perfumes, soaps, sprays, and statues. In a nutshell, botanicas are hubs of spiritual mestizaje. 
in Stillwater Saints, Espinosa paints a portrait of the Botanica. On the shelves nearest the door were statues, the divine eyes, the money frogs, the clay Pancho Villa courage heads, bronze Buddhas, Vishnu and the elephant-headed Ganeshas, wood-carved Kachina dolls covered in feathers and beads, Santissima Muerte in red and black shrouds. Then there were the veladoras, the colored seven-day candles, blue for serenity, red for love, green to attract prosperity, San Judas Tadeo of lust and desperate causes, La Virgen de Guadalupe, El Santo Niño de Atocha, Nuestra Señora de Caridad del Cobre, La Mano Perorosa, the Holy Hand of the Crucified Christ, and Las Siete Potencias Africanas. Then there were the soaps and clean, cleansing bath waters, Fast Luck, Guatemoc, Quetzalcoatl. There were Egyptian onks, tarot cards, and necklaces of cowrie shells. Moving from literature to the visual arts, in the legend of Quetzalcoatl, housed in the Palacio Nacional in Mexico City, the great muralist Diego Rivera painted the plumed serpent god as a culture bringer of the arts. He also, however, portrayed Quetzalcoatl as failing or betraying his people when he left them during a crisis. Simultaneously, Rivera informed, uh, sorry, inferred hope in the god's promised return. Biographer Patrick Marnham relates that Rivera saw himself as a follower of Quetzalcoatl. In two murals, Detroit Industry, South Wall, and Pan-American Unity, the latter housed at City College in San Francisco, Rivetta depicts the goddess Quetlique simultaneously as an indigenous goddess and a modern machine. Rivera's intimate partner, Frida Kahlo, in her self-portrait with thorn necklace and hummingbird, intermingles the imagery of Christ's crown of thorns with the sacred Mexica practice of self-mutilation. The hummingbird is sacred to the god Huitzilopochtli and a charm or, uh, in love magic. The monkey is representative of the god Ozomatli and the panther or black jaguar as representative of the god of sorcery. In this painting, the love embrace of the universe, the earth myself, Diego, and Senor Xolotl. Frida embraces Diego as a grown male infant with a third eye, reminiscent of Mary's embrace of Jesus in Michelangelo's sculpture of the Pietà. They are embraced in turn by the Mexica earth goddess Siwakotl, all of whom, as well as Frida's beloved dog, here representing the god Xolotl, a Mexican Anubis, are embraced by a universal goddess. Present-day Chicano visual artists draw inspiration from the works of artists such as Rivera and Kahlo. One of the most impressive works of Juana Alicia, an acclaimed muralist of Mexican and Jewish heritage, is the magnificent mural featuring La Llorona, I used to pass it almost daily, in the Mission neighborhood of San Francisco. Exemplary of a coming together of political activism and spirituality, 
The mural describes the struggles of women in Bolivia, India, and Juarez, Mexico. In her paintings and digital prints, including Lupe and La Serena in Love, and Quail Shaupi returns as Our Lady disguised as La Virgen de Guadalupe to defend the rights of Chicanas, Alma Lopez braids together the goddess Quail Shaupi, the Virgin of Guadalupe, folk figures including La Serena and the star-crossed lovers Ixtasihuato, the Sleeping Lady, a mountain in Mexico, and Popocatépetl, political activism and lesbian desire. Chavela Vargas, known for her renditions of the traditional Mexican song genre called the ranchera, Joan Baez, a folk singer and activist in the civil rights, anti-war, and pro-farm workers' rights movement, and Lila Downs, who lives in Oaxaca, Mexico, and who studied at the University of Minnesota, and who mixes rock and traditional Mexican music with Mayan mixed tech Nahuatl, Purepecha, and Zapotec elements share something very special, poignant, powerful renditions of the Cancion La Llorona. The song varies from the legend in depicting La Llorona as an affectionate, dark-skinned spirit who is compared to a spicy but delicious chili pepper. Chicano rock star and activist Carlos Santana has been deeply inspired by African <coughs> diasporic reverence of the Orishas. Among other songs, he recorded contemporary praise hymns to Oshun and Shango on his 1982 album, Shango. Los Lobos, a musical group based in East LA, attaining great success in the late 1980s, are best known for their mestizaje of blues, jazz, mariachi, rock, soul, and Tex-Mex music. In their song, Wake Up Dolores, they draw upon Mexica spirituality, singing, O sacred night on quetzal plumes of dying suns and purple moons, O sacred night as an eagle soars, our spirits fly to our gentle rest. Enjoying great popularity in the late 1990s, the band Ozomatli, like Los Lobos, based in LA and with a mestizaje style, mixing cumbia, funk, hip-hop, jazz, merengue, rap, reggae, rock, and salsa, named their group after the Mexica astrological symbol and god, the monkey Ozomatli, associated with drama, music, and literature. Ozomatli is also assistant to Shoshipili, a god of music, hallucinogenic plants, and non-marital eroticism. Artistic expressions of spiritual mestizaje sometimes pay homage to icons of popular culture. Exemplary of such practices are those focusing on the Grammy-winning Grammy Tejana music star Selena Quintanilla Perez who was murdered on March 31, 1995, a few weeks before her 24th birthday. On hearing of her death, fans in Texas, California, and elsewhere erected impromptu altars to her in the streets and in shop windows with candles, flowers, photos, and love letters to her spirit. 
The most celebrated altar, Sister Selena, is housed in San Antonio, Texas at Mitiera Cafe and Panaderia. Uh, I'm going to skip this section because we're running a bit late. So these are images of Aztec dancers. I'm moving on to the dramatic arts. Um, in regard to the dramatic arts, Luis Valdez, the founder of El Teatro Campesino, is often considered the father of Chicano theater. A playwright, actor, and film director, Valdez is at present perhaps best known for his plays, then film Zoot Suit, and for his film. Would help to have the rest of the essay. Um, and for his movie La Bamba. Valdez explains that he gave the character of the Pachuco absolute power. Can you still hear me? Okay. Um, as the master of ceremonies. Pachucos were members of a Mexican-American subculture that lasted from the 1930s through the early 1960s, bringing together fancy attire called zoot suits, including suits, fedora hats, antique watches, scarves, and pointed oxblood-colored shiny shoes, nightlife, gangsters, and flamboyant behavior. Valdez recalls that Chicanos loved his portrait of the Pachuco in Zoot Suit. In doing so, he says he gave, quote, a disenfranchised people their religion back. By this, he means the ancient religion of the Mexica or Aztec. Quote, I dressed the Pachuco in the colors of the god Tezcatlipoca. Likewise, in La Bamba, he, he explains that he subtly compared the pop singer Richie Valens, whose real name was Valenzuela, to the god Quetzalcoatl, who's, quote, an artist and a poet and gentle. When my audiences see La Bamba, they like that positive spirit. Undoubtedly, the most well-known Chicana playwright today is Shuri Moraga. Uh, for several years, uh, she and Gloria Antaldua and my partner and I lived in, in a house together in San Francisco, and it was quite a dynamic household. Um, a number of her plays include elements of spiritual mestizaje. For instance, in The Hungry Woman, she tackles the concept of Atlan, the Aztec paradise, and invokes the deities Coatlicue, Huitzilopochtli, Coelxauqui, and the Siwateteo, spirits of women who die in childbirth, as well as Chakmul, an ancestral spirit of sacrifice, who is transformed into the son of a patriarchal father and a lesbian or bisexual mother. The main character in the play is named Medea, after the Greek wife of Jason, who murdered her children. But she is also Leorona. Moraga's 2012 multimedia performance, New Fire, To Put Things Right Again, a collective effort designed by her partner, Celia Herrera Rodriguez, concerns a 52-year-old woman named Vero who undergoes a transformative ceremony in which her psychological and spiritual demons are purged so that she may not only be healed but also become enlightened. New Fire might well be compared to a defiant border crossing as the play breaks down the divide between ritual and theater. 
uh, bringing together shamanism and curanderismo, but also the inclusion of roles such as the indigenous American trickster coyote, the Mexican Tzitzimidl, who are the deities of the stars, and a southwestern road woman who presides over the ceremony. Moreover, the play's music, which includes indigenous-inspired chants, flute, drum, and gourd rattles, enhances the spiritual mestizaje of the drama. In, in conclusion, in a Chicana Codex of Changing Consciousness, Sheree Moraga recalls a morning when her partner Celia awakened from a dream and warned her, if we forget the old gods, they will disappear. This is reminiscent of N. Scott Momaday's use of the term deicide in the way to Rainy Mountain to describe the devastation of indigenous American sacred traditions by Euro-Americans. It seems, however, that at present, many Chicanos, Latinos, and others are reclaiming the ancient spiritual traditions of their ancestors. This reclamation seems not so much rooted in nostalgia, in a longing for the past, as in a passionate yearning for a spiritual mestizaje that serves to decolonize our bodies, our minds, and our spirits, and seeks to nurture the earth and all its beings. Thank you. We do have a few minutes for questions, so if you have a question, please just. She was uh, killed by, oh, she was killed by her manager, who was very jealous of her. Yeah. Any other questions, comments? All right, if no one has questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, one more round of applause, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.